1: Welcome to The Views Room, a weekly podcast brought to you by Reuters Breaking Views. I'm Rob Cox, the editor of Breaking Views, coming to you from Zurich, Switzerland. Well, with the U.S. presidential race heading into the final stretch, we're proud to release the latest version of our economic dream team machine. This tool allows you to help pick a cabinet of economic all-stars for the two candidates duking it out for the U.S. presidency, Joe Biden or Donald Trump. This is the third iteration of the interactive game, which we first launched back in 2012. I spoke to Gina Chan, our columnist in the States who led this year's revamp, our graphics supremo Vincent Flasso, and our U.S. editor John Foley to discuss how it works and, most importantly, who we would pick to run the world's biggest economy. Give a listen. Okay, guys, it's that time every four years when we unleash the economic dream team machine. This is the interactive graphic slash game, which allows you, dear reader, to figure out who can help fix the American economy. It allows you to pick a whole bunch of positions, cabinet and otherwise, for the new president, whether it's Joe Biden, the Democrat, or whether it's Donald Trump, the Republican. Uh, Gina Chan, you have been the master of ceremonies for this year's Economic Dream Team Machine, along with Vincent Flasseur, who's with us online as well, and John Foley, our US editor. But let me start with you, Gina. Okay, what was the challenge? You know, this is a quadrennial exercise. We did it in 2012, we did it in 2016, and you were very involved in that. Um, how hard was it this time around to come up with names uh, for these extraordinary positions like Treasury Secretary, National Economic Council Director, Federal Reserve Chair, et cetera?
2: Well, this time around, the two candidates had sort of opposite problems. With Donald Trump, given how many people he has cycled through in his first term, he's already on his fourth chief of staff. We've seen a lot of people uh, come and go at various levels throughout pretty much every department in the government. Um, It was hard to find people who were still left who could uh, work for him and and were qualified to be in government. Uh, Whereas Joe Biden, because of the decades he has spent in government um, and all the people that he has surrounded himself with during those years, it was almost the opposite problem where you had to cull his list and sort of narrow it down um, to uh, a circle of folks who could help him out and um, and not get too overwhelmed by all, all the numbers of people who could fill those spots.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean that's I'm just reading the Bob Woodward book, the, the second one about the Trump regime and I've, I'm, like anyone I've read these, these books, um, you, you, it's amazing to me how difficult a boss. Donald Trump has turned out to be. Now, I guess that wouldn't be that hard to figure out if you'd watched The Apprentice over the 10 years <laughs> before he became president. But I mean, it does raise this question and you write about this in your story that accompanies the graphic, you know, that, that Biden essentially has the edge. And it's, I mean, you also, you don't just have all those never Trumpers and those good old fashioned Republicans. You also have, you know, as you say, what, 38 years or how many years was Joe Biden a Senator or in Congress? So you've got this, you've got this, you've got this power also to grab from the Republican side that I think you don't have with Donald Trump, even though in the first, in the first, you know, the first uh, Trump hundred days, he had Gary Cohn, who was clearly a Democrat and a few others now.
2: Yeah, that is uh, another problem that Trump has. I mean, you could see, you know, maybe some of the Wall Street Democrats, Join Trump if if he asked nicely enough. And it was a pretty uh, high profile position, like Treasury Secretary. But it's hard to see crossovers for him. He's, he's such a polarizing figure. Whereas Biden has been um, trying to be much more of a centrist, even as his own party is pulling him towards the left. He had numerous Republicans actually speak at the Democratic convention for his nomination. So you saw people like uh, Meg Whitman, who herself ran as a Republican in the past. Um, You had uh, people like John Kasich, the former Ohio governor, um, also come out in support of Biden. So for him, you could actually see some Republicans joining his administration. For Trump, maybe not so much.
1: Yeah. So quick, I want us to go through some of the names. And uh, John, um, I want you to spend well, while I, I'm gonna have Vincent talk a little bit about the graphic itself. I want you, John, to figure out what your team looks like and Republican, Democrat, you too, Gina. I've, I've created my team, but before we get to that, Vincent, maybe talk a little bit about um, how the graphic works really briefly. Like what, what, what are the sort of, you know, the key features of it? Yeah, so when you open like the uh, Economic Dream Team machine, you are presented with uh, two lists of candidates. Um, Democrats and Republicans left and right and it's really a question of uh, scrolling down the candidates checking their bios checking their scores and then just you know drag and drop in the different uh, positions treasury secretary fed uh, fed chair etc and uh, once you've completed everything you get a total score and you get a winner and you and and as you say, you draft, you you can put your the, the cursor over the name, which you see Democrats on the left, Republicans on the right, and you can scroll because there are quite a few names. What you see come up is a box which shows the current. Uh, so I'll give you an example: David Malpass, and it pops up. It says he's president of the World Bank. What he did before, how he was undersecretary of international affairs of the Treasury, blah blah blah. And then we have scores. And Gina, maybe elaborate a little bit on the scoring, which is of course. You know, relatively subjective. I mean, it was a committee uh, that included you and me and a few others, um, and um, we tried to be quite objective, making sure that we gave people the same scores for similar similar experience or academic achievement. But maybe go through the what, how, you know, how you looked at it and what those what those categories mean.
2: Sure. So we uh, ranked people based on six different categories, and uh, five of them we've had in 2016 as well. But we also try to keep current with um, what's sort of on top of people's minds uh, in an election year. So uh, the sixth one that we added, the ESG factor, um, is uh, sort of representative of sort of the woke uh, capitalism that uh, corporate America seems to be experiencing. And ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance.
1: So let's go to uh, you have budgeting is your first point, And that's sort yeah. of like, do you know how to What, how does that, how do you explain budgeting?
2: How to, you know, figure out uh, the, you know, costs and expenses of your organization. If you're, you know, a CEO, a CFO um, running a big company, a big organization, or you have experience doing that in Congress with the U.S. government budget uh, or in the government itself, um, we scored you fairly high.
1: Okay. And then finance markets, that's relatively, so, so a CEO would do well with budgeting because they run a P and L basically.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And a
1: finance markets, it's, you know, we're looking at people like hedge fund managers that we've got in there. You have a few, right? Yeah, exactly.
2: And, And bankers, wall street guys, um, you know, even if, uh, they don't do well in maybe other categories, we do acknowledge that they have experience and knowledge on that front
1: Right. So I see Greg Fleming. Uh, You've Mm -hmm. got him uh, two budgeting, but you have him at four for finance and markets because he ran, you know, basically ran Merrill Lynch for a period of time. And then you have um, after that, you have job creation. So how does that work?
2: Yeah. So if you are also, again, um, head of a big company, um, which grew over time, or you founded a company, which there are several uh, people who fit that bill as well, um, you got pretty high marks for job creation. Um, if you were an academic, which a lot of people are on the Democratic side, um, it it didn't help you as much because maybe it's something you've written about a lot, but perhaps not have as much mm-hmm. practical impact. So we try to take all of those things into consideration to be fair for you know people who, uh, especially on the Republican side, may um, have done better on that front just because of uh, the companies they ran.
1: And then you have legislative. So that's pretty straightforward. That's have you actually dealt with Congress? Have you put bills together? If you, and so people like a, a senator or a former senator will do well on that.
2: Course. Yes, exactly. And in, in the private sector, if you've um, helped push uh, bills or certain issues, if you've testified a lot before Congress, if you're sort of known um, to that group of people, then uh, then you also got decent marks on that front.
1: Right, and then international, basically people who have you know some sort of global remit. So the C- so let's say, I mean, do we have Jamie Dimon on the list? For yes, instance? we do. So Jamie, we gave him a foreign budgeting. A five in finance markets, a four in job creation, legislative low one, and then international. <laughs> inter- well, of course, I mean he hasn't, you know, he hasn't, you know, he's ha- he's influenced legislation, but he hasn't put it together. International, we gave him a four because he runs the biggest, you know, U.S. bank with global reach, and then you, and then finally you, your last one, which you explained was the ESG factor, the sort of what last time didn't we call it the ick
0: factor?
2: Yeah, last time in twenty sixteen we had the one percent ick factor because mm-hmm. which you could actually then for that one get uh it could be a minus. So you could get points subtracted from your total. Um, because there was so much focus on uh especially with Hillary as a the other uh, candidate Hillary Clinton on the Democratic side um, so much focus on sort of inequality and, and Wall Street and you know who's for the little guy um, we thought that that was an appropriate one for that year
1: all right okay now let's get to our picks should we do <laughs> okay. that should we go through it sure what about you should John I'm gonna make you start first let's why don't you tell us who you chose on the on the Biden side and then and then tell us who you got on the Trump side and then Give us your score.
3: Well, so I am. Um, I decided to just, as this is a thought experiment and will have no actual influence on the outcome. I thought I'd just try and break it a bit. So what I've done is I've created the most Wall Street um, lineup for Trump that I could possibly think of. I'm just. I'm looking right now at a whole load of kind of bald heads, white faces, sort of wisps of white hair. Um, and then for Biden, I, tr- I tried to do the opposite of that. So I've gone for you know progressives, um, people who really will kind of you know, um, basically make Republicans very, very angry. Um, So for the, actually for the Trump side, I mean, there are a lot of kind of big finance names in that list that I thought could be quite entertaining. Um, So for example, I think Nelson Peltz would be um, a fantastic Secretary of Commerce. Um, You know, he knows how business works. Uh, He's got decades of experience. And then to kind of counterbalance him a bit, his, um, his kind of Wall Street peer slash, Rival Carl Icahn, I thought would be a good trade representative because he, you know, he knows how to break some eggs, um, speak his mind.
1: Oh my um, god, could you imagine throwing you imagine? him in a room with you know Chinese like trade know can, can, I mean, that, that would be that would be kind of hard to fathom, exactly. So yours the, um, is definitely fantasy. Then this is totally fantasy football. Uh, 100%
3: fantasy. Yeah. Okay. Like, and also in a nod to fantasy, be, like because you're always going to have someone who is, as you know, as we had Gary Cohn, who was a Democrat, who decided that it would be better to be in the tent. I feel like Trump's next equivalent that might be Jamie Dimon as Treasury Secretary, um, because he may feel that he can do more good uh, in a Republican government than he might in a Democrat government, even though we assume that he is a Democrat. Um, and then also in there, I've kind of got I've I've got Kravis and Schwartzman, um, and um, I decided to put um, blank, Lloyd Blankfein, who of course was once Gary Cohen's boss, in his old job, Which is um, National Economic Council. At the National Economic Council, yeah. So, so who's your
1: Fed chair? This, this is a
3: difficult one. I like I, I'm thinking maybe Steve Cohen. The
1: wait, the hedge fund guy who the SEC yeah. banned yeah. from. Managing yeah. people's money. <laughs> I'm right, you about are, to you've live. gone off the deep end. <laughs> end that, yeah. And like tr- Jamie tr- I think, he would need
2: a waiver or something given his record. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. strange things have happened. I guess um, look, you could you could say you know you know people who have you know, it is kind of in it is coherent with the Trump brand, shall we say, to have right to so right. shake yeah. things up. And
3: do you know what, I get quite a high score at the end of that. I got 126 points for those guys, and they are all guys. Just playing for this for, Aren't you?
1: And what about the di- Biden side? What What did you have for go down the list? I mean, what,
3: so the what Biden have? side is, is like what, what I noticed about the Biden list is that we've got a lot of ideas-based people here, which obviously is not true on the Republican side. You've got a lot of status quo kind of financy types people who we kind of aren't really going to change uh, um, the social order. But on the Biden side, you've got you know lots of kind of firebrands and and and, and very original thinkers, um, which can make things a bit easier. So um, I'm thinking Elizabeth Warren um, as the Treasury Secretary. Um, Andrew Yang, uh, who obviously was at one point a Democratic nominee, super smart guy, very analytical, and um, I thought maybe uh, he would be a good um, director of the uh, National Economic Council. Or um, alternative chair of the CEA, which is maybe a bit more researchy. That's like economists, right, usually? Yeah. And I guess obviously Tyler Goodspeed is a hard duck to follow but I think Yank could maybe do that. Um, my wild card for the Democrats is um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she literally is a wild card but also uh, <laughs> super smart. Um, Mary Daly as the Federal Reserve Chair, I think she is fantastic, um, the San Francisco um, f- head of the Fed, um, a kind of high school dropout really kind of engaged in this question of whether monetary policy is helping people. Also the
1: first the first Fed president who is openly uh, LGBTQ, right?
3: Yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. Um, Which can only be a good thing. We've got, I picked Howard Schultz as the um, Secretary of Commerce. Uh, Although he could also be US Trade Representative, I guess. But um, kind of a fairly safe pair of hands there. And I'm also trying to work out where to put Andrew Cuomo just because I think that would be just a brilliant way of throwing the cat among the pigeons
1: but i don't know well, what i've got he, left. yeah he, he emerged as sort of a kick-ass governor during the the corona crisis didn't he yeah so he, gets, he gets he has a national done. recognition okay gina oh so so we what, what, what was your score for by i mean yeah it's not as good it's 109 109
2: oh that's interesting huh what did you have
1: gina tell us your your uh
2: so uh for Trump, uh, for Treasury Secretary, given his love of Goldman Sachs executives, um, I have Lloyd Blankfein, uh, who is um, more of a Democratic supporter. But as you mentioned about Gary Cohen, could definitely be a crossover. Um, Trump also loves TV personalities, so I have uh, Lou Dobbs from Fox News as his <laughs> National <laughs> Economic Council director, which I am told so
1: much trouble. Well, I am told
2: that is a possibility. <laughs> so, um, who knows? Uh, <laughs> stranger things have happened. Um, for Fed Chair, well, he does have, have
1: a TV guy now in that job, which is Larry Kudlow. But he, but Larry was yeah. an economist beforehand. I don't think. And he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't out there, you know, uh, kind of arguing for conspiracy theory stuff, which which I definitely see
2: him Camus Dobbs. Yeah, no, that. So he would. But, you know, Trump himself likes to peddle a lot in conspiracy <laughs> theory. So there'll be two peas in a pod. Um for Federal Reserve Chair, uh, if you notice um, Gary Cohen's remarks about Trump, uh, since he left, he's been very careful not to uh, be too critical of the president. And I think that um, possibly leaves him an opening to be uh, Fed Chair, um, which is a position he had coveted um, before before he left uh, government, I think, in 2018. Um, for Secretary of Commerce, I put uh, Peter Thiel in his um, Silicon Valley buddy, um, libertarian, who has a lot of views about uh, China and other things. I could see him sort of shaking things up in that job, Um, putting a lot of Chinese companies on the export blacklist. Uh, For chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, I have Judy Shelton, because... uh, She is. She couldn't get she
1: can't get confirmed by the well, Senate. Ex- exactly. Yes, so. She
2: can't. She may not get Senate confirmation for the Fed governor post. So uh, Trump could just plop her in as a chair of the Council <laughs> of Economic Advisers. And then uh, for you as trade rep, I have um, Peter Navarro. Since he is uh, loves <laughs> busting up trade deals and, and saying how terrible they are. Um, he would be sort of very fitting to me, um, in that post. So
3: I'm seeing a pattern uh, of like trade representative being like the street fighter.
2: Job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, for, th- for that, uh, roster, um, I get to 86 on the, Wait, Trump who your side.
3: Wild
2: yeah. Oh, well, so th- for that one, um, I was just trying to figure out who, uh, who I wanted to pick in there. Let's see. Um, uh, You could put in uh, someone like Ginny Rometty, because I think he also needs some more women (laughs) in his um, level of senior posts. And she's actually very close to Ivanka. They've done a lot of work on um, sort of worker training, um, apprenticeships, and that sort of thing. So uh, since she has retired from IBM, I could see, um, her having some sort of like worker czar post, um, which would also be sort of Trump-esque. Um, for the, uh, for the Biden What was your side, team Trump?
1: What was your number? Uh,
2: oh, I got 106. Okay. So that seems like it's not, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> so for what that's worth, I think Lou
1: Jobs brought the numbers down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might have. Um, For uh, the Biden side, I have for Treasury Secretary Elizabeth Warren, um, assuming that they don't need her uh, Massachusetts Senate seat to get the majority in the Senate. Um, For National Economic Council Director, I have uh, Larry Fink of BlackRock, um, because he probably uh, will have a hard time getting any sort of Senate confirmation post because the Democrats on the progressive side have... Sort of a purity test, if you will, uh, for anyone with a Wall Street background. So I think he he may have a hard time, um, but he's close to the Biden folks and has had uh, some fundraisers. So I could see that. Um, for Federal Reserve Chair, I picked uh, Roger Ferguson, um, who was on the board in the past um, and would be the first um, Black Fed Chair. Uh, so I think. The Biden folks not only is he qualified, but they also want to have sort of a diverse um level of senior positions. Um, for Secretary of Commerce, I picked Andrew Yang, his former rival um in the primary, and someone who's really been able to talk about universal basic income and changes in technology that have um shaken up workers in a way that people seem to really get. Um so for Chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, I actually went serious and um, picked Heather Boushey, who is um, sort of in the think tank world, but is uh, seen as a sort of a very um, serious thinker about sort of inequality and um, and economic justice issues and think she could um, do a lot there on that front. Uh, for you as Trade Rep, um, John, to your point about Howard Schultz, I chose him um, given his international experience, and he has more of sort of a centrist outlook on on trade views, which is actually not part of sort of the Democratic Party views, but is more al- along the lines of Trump's views. Um, and then for the wild card, I picked um, AOC, uh, maybe for some sort of like technology. Uh, are or something that shows sort of the future of the party um, and the uh, and to get sort of young Democrats um, much more involved because someone like Biden is just not going to get their juices going. And so yeah. for that team, I got uh, 121 compared to Trump okay. at 106.
1: All right. I think I might have the best score <laughs> based on what I'm hearing. Well, John, what was your team Biden? number.
3: It was a hundred and, you know, I've now shuffled them all around again to a couple genus, but I think, I think I was on like 109.
1: Okay. I have got to 128 and I've got four women and three men and including one, uh, black American. So I, I think that the way Biden will do it is there's, you know, there's going to be huge pressure on him to make sure he has great diversity, you know, gender yes. diversity in, in his cabinet, um, you know, full of pull a full Justin Trudeau and do like half or more, and of course, racial diversity. So I've chosen, and I've, okay, unlike, I did not go full fantasy as, as John <laughs> did and, and you did partly. I went what I think is actually gonna happen based on some of my thinking and some of the reporting I've done. So here's what I've got. For Treasury Secretary, Lael Brainerd. I think she is, um, I think she's a shoo-in because she's the, I think the Elizabeth Warren thing won't work. She's just, she's, she's just not, I don't know if she'd get confirmed by the Senate. I also don't know if I really, who knows, but I doubt that uh, they're going to have, the Democrats are going to have a surfeit of seats in the Senate. And therefore they're just going to have to keep her there because Charlie Baker, the Massachusetts governor, as you mentioned in your piece, is a Republican and he gets to choose her replacement. So I, I just don't see that. Um, I think uh, Ken Fraser, the CEO of Merck, as the economic council director, again, I don't, mm. he'd have no problem getting confirmed if it, this is not a confirm, you don't need to confirm this position. But, you know, he's not he's the kind of guy who actually understands business, understands some of the great issues that uh, companies are going through. He's running a major organization. I think I took a different view on the Fed chair. I actually think Biden will reconfirm Jerry J- Jerome Powell. In, 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 and I don't think by the way that Trump will. Um, and I think, I think Jay Powell is basically doing exactly what any democratic president would want him to do pumping tons of money into the economy, um, on, and he's already already been confirmed. So you don't have to have a fight over it. Uh, I think secretary of commerce, I actually chose Meg Whitman because she's both a little bit out of work. She was one of those persons who crossed over, you know, came out, had been running for governor of California as a Republican, came out in, against Donald Trump. Um, and, you know, she's she gets tech and, you know, to have a sort of an interest, that's an interesting uh, kind of person to have, you know, arguing for the interests of American tech companies, which are uh, being assailed everywhere around the world. So I thought that would be interesting. My chair of e- Council of Economic Advisors, which I think is always like a real kind of I don't want to say nerd, but like, uh, it is a dismal scientist generally. <laughs> and, uh, I chose, I chose Karen, uh, Dynan, who mm-hmm. I've heard very good sound like Trump there. I've heard good things about her, but, um, <laughs> I have heard, I've heard like people who've worked with her, including Republicans who sing her praises. And, uh, you know, she is, uh, an economics professor at Harvard. She worked as uh, assistant secretary of economic policy at the treasury. Um, she scores high in many respects. Um, so I could see that. I I thought for trade rep, I would put Indra Nui, the former president, or sorry, CEO of PepsiCo. I think mm-hmm. she could That's be, uh, yeah, I think she could be quite, um, I think she'd be quite interesting. She's Indian born, so she understands, uh, you know, sort of the world. Um, she's a, I'd assume she's a pretty good negotiator. Um, and then I, at the, the wild card okay, I'm changing my mind a little bit at the moment we speak. I put Andrew Yang as with the idea of him being labor secretary because the guy has this vision about the future of work and how technology and automation is going to basically destroy all work in the world. Um, and he also has this view about the universal basic income. I thought, and he's, you know, he's quite a, he really had, he's, I don't know, I knew nothing about this guy until, until the, the whole thing came along until the primaries and I thought he was really impressive. So that's why I put him in there. But I've been thinking again, another idea as we talked. And yeah. I was thinking, why not put Michael Bloomberg in and he. suggest that Michael Bloomberg becomes the head of the World Bank? Because it needs he. complete and total reform. Uh, and he does, he's not the kind of guy who's gonna be a cabinet reporting to a president. You know, he's just not a kind of, but if you said to Mike, Go in, fix this thing, make the World Bank a more effective institution around the world. Um, and the US does get to choose the World Bank president. So I just went from having, actually, so let's say I get rid of Andrew Yang, I put Bloomberg in as World Bank president, I get to 137, boom. Wow. That's big, that's a big number. Right? <laughs> yeah, that no. is. Okay, now, and I think it's realistic. That's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Now on the Team Trump, I think to all your points, both you guys made the right points. I think the real problem is no one new and really good is going to go work for him. I just don't see it. I don't see, and I've talked to people on this list and said, "Would you go if the president called?" Four years ago, they'd be like, Yes, if the president calls, of course I would." Now they're like, "Not." Nah, NFW was what one person told me. <laughs> right. So I, so I chose. I, so to Treasury, I said, well, Justin Musinich, who's the deputy mm-hmm. secretary of Treasury, who's quite competent. I think he takes the job, potentially. I mean, even though he's commuting back and forth to Washington from New York with his family and all that stuff, you, you know, I think I think it's possible he would do it. And and, I, and he's you know he's kind of comp, he's quite competent. Um, Mnuchin, who you know loves being close to power, if it looks like. Um, I think he goes into the White House directly and becomes the National Economic Council director, even though that was he might view that as a less prestigious job. It is, you know, he goes in there. And he he basically runs the entire show um, for for economics and business. Then for Fed chairs, I told you, I don't think Jay Powell gets reconfirmed, but I think then he goes and brings Kevin Warshin, who mm. was the number two. Um, and it's the and, and I don't you know, again would Kevin Warsh go and do the job? Uh, I don't know. But the good thing about the Federal Reserve, it is independent. So you take a lot of grief on Twitter, but you're pretty much an institution that's protected. So someone like so I think it's one I think it's actually the the business the the the, the position here where you could get good talented people, unlike some of the others. Secretary of Commerce, I put Jeff Sprecher, the guy who runs the um, Continental Exchange. Um, ICE, Inter- intercontinental exchange. Is that was called intercontinental. Yeah, yes. and I put him in there. Uh, his wife is a North Carolina con- uh, senator, I believe, had a little bit of problems with insider trading. But um, I think he could be that. That's the kind of person that Trump would like. And I think he'd probably do it. Right. I think it's realistic. The chair of Council of Economic Advisors, I put John Taylor, our old you know friend, who's been out there forever. And it is more of an academic role. You write papers. Nobody writes papers like John Taylor. He's at Stanford. I put your boy, Peter Navarro on there as US Trade Representative. Um, I think he is, uh, I think, you know, why not? He's running the trade agenda anyway, right? In from the White House. And then for the wild card, I put a woman because Mm -hmm. what's wilder than putting a woman in your cabinet (laughs) if you're Donald Trump? He doesn't, he has what, one or two now. And I put Ginny Romady, who is Mm -hmm. the person you mentioned too, because I I mean, she's, she's well, she's retired, she gets tech, I don't know what the role would be, maybe it's like labor, something like that. You know, some some job where she can think about the future of automation and how that'll affect work. And so that, and with that, I came up with 119.
2: Okay, wow, yeah, I think you've got pretty high scores on both sides.
1: Hmm, I guess, I guess. but well, you know, I don't know if any of this is um, realistic, who knows. Um, but so this is fun, right? Didn't you guys <laughs> have fun playing this?
2: Yeah, no, And it's fun to hear, um, other people's picks and why, uh, why you picked them.
1: Yeah. I, John's was the most the hilarious. You Total have, you fantasy. Have, but, you have, yeah. You have pure fantasy, which is like full on, you know, hall of justice, you know, whatever it is, justice, you know, you've chosen like Wonder Woman and Superman. Right. Um, Put them on there, and uh, and it is kind of fun to do that. You could just try to figure out what you, the, how to get the highest score, but then there's exactly. like the highest score that's realistic, and and then you could do. But it then like one of the match. problems
3: here is that, like, for a lot of the people on the Republican side, this these jobs would be a step down, certainly financially a step down, and then yeah. uh, but for all the people on the Biden side, these jobs would be kind of a promotion, right? Um, so you've got there's a real skew in terms of whether people would want to do these jobs even if offered them. Yeah,
1: I think that's right well okay on that note I hope everybody gets to play with this let's you know everyone out there should should figure out if anyone can beat our scores they should tweet it and let us know remember team Biden I think I won on 137 did what did you have 126 didn't you John for your yep. words you Gina on team Trump numbers to beat uh, okay well Gina thank you thank you for all for, for all your hard work on this it's a really fantastic uh, game and uh, Pretty exciting as we go. On, what, only a few more weeks until the election. Uh, John, thanks for that. And Vincent, um, you know, uh, merci for all your hard work on this. This is, uh, it's been a really great, uh, great four year tradition. And, and I think it gets better every time.
2: Good luck, everyone.
1: That's our show for this week. Thanks to my guests and hats off to our producers, Freddie Joyner and Amanda Gomez in New York. Our final thanks go to you, our listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you go to get your podcast fixes. And check us out every day on breakingviews.com. Also, don't forget to tune in next week for another edition of The Views Room. Auf and stay
0: healthy. This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com slash symbols.